Follow me, the idol. No time to argue. Throw me the idol. I throw you the whip. Give me the whip. Adios, señor. Hi, Keith Moreau here of Tech Move. For our fans that last listened to our show in 2012 and wondered what happened to Rodney and I, don't worry. We are about to come out with brand new episodes very, very soon. In the meantime, we have put together a series we are calling The Lost Episodes. Shows are segments we recorded long ago, but were never published and may still have some value to our listeners. You can be the judge of that. This episode has just one segment about my possible transition from Mac to PC. We wanted to get this out before Apple actually does introduce a new Mac Pro, which seems highly likely around WWDC 2013. We wanted to release this set of Keith's PC episodes before that announcement. So sit back, relax, take yourselves back five to eight months in the past, and enjoy. Hey there, what's up everyone? Welcome to another edition of Tech Move. I am Rod Louie and with me is my colleague, friend and brother, Keith Moreau. Keith, how are you? I'm very good, Rod. Excellent, especially after all this recording. Anyway, <laughs> hey, and we'll get more to that later, ladies and gentlemen. But b- believe you me, we have had just a, a rocking time over here, ladies and gentlemen. But first off, before we get to that any further, we want to thank you so much for those of you who have subscribed to the podcast through iTunes. Uh, we want to thank you for visiting our website. We want to thank you for visiting our Facebook site. Uh, and and also of uh, subscribing to the podcast overall. Uh, thank you for listening. We we really appreciate it. Thank, keep those comments coming. Uh, keep listening. Tell all your friends. Wake the neighbors. Do what you have to do, kids. Let them know that Tech Move is on the roll. So thank you very much again. You know we've got a bunch of things to talk about. We've got a lot of great things that we need to uh, to discuss. And one thing that is so fascinating is this brand new thing that Keith has been experimenting with. He's finally moved over from using a Mac all these many uh, seasons to actually wanting to explore the world of PCs. Uh, and it's really solely to to get a Premiere Pro going uh uh, because it was having a little bit of a, uh, a trouble running on, on the Mac Pro that he has. And because Apple has not introduced a new Mac Pro uh, yet, uh, he, he needed to try something different. And we want to just get a little update on how that's going. Keith, uh, wh- what's happening with this thing? I mean, are, are you having a good time? Is it going like butter? How's it going? Well, the replacement PC... Is was delivered yesterday. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> really? Yeah the, yeah, the UPS guy is is starting to get. He's starting not to like me. Well, well, I don't know if you know or not, but I interviewed your UPS guy, and he's actually going to London for the weightlifting competition. So uh, you're actually helping out him out with his training right now. Well, at least there's something positive that happened out of this. 
Very good. Oh, no. You, you mean the first one we talked about in the last podcast, you don't even have that one anymore. No, I packed up that pile of garbage. <laughs> no, actually, okay. So I, I, I think I may have told you a little bit about the PC. I ordered it off Amazon. I, I really wanted to just get something that was easy to get, and I didn't have to spend a lot of time either making it myself or, or paying some um, configurator to, to put it together. So I got this, um, this PC, and it's actually kind of meant for, for gaming, but I looked at the specs, and it looked great. It had USB 3.0, it had a couple uh, eSATA ports, uh, had the ability to be overclocked, it had several uh, slots, extra slots, uh, enough RAM for me to try stuff out. Uh, it, looked, it looked like it would be a, an easy thing to, to try out the, the Windows and PC world with Premiere. So I ordered it, and I got it, and... Um, set it up. I, I wound up putting a, a different kind of graphics card in it. Uh, thing about Premiere Pro is it, it requires NVIDIA cards, certain NVIDIA cards in order to accelerate certain functionality. So I put in an NVIDIA uh, GTX 670, which is a pretty high-end NVIDIA card. You know, there was a little bit of learning curve. I had to do some configuration and kind of get things working. Um, I was, in fact, connecting to my Mac which was advertising itself over the SMB protocol, which is what Windows understands. And I was actually doing that through an Ethernet, um, gigabit Ethernet connection. And I was actually able to um, connect from, the, from Windows running Premiere, uh, mount, mount the Mac as network drives, load up those Premiere Pro projects and media over the network, and actually do some edit testing with it. Were you actually able to um, to draw those files just over the Ethernet? Yeah, the the gigabit Ethernet is about it, it tops out at about seventy megabytes per second, which for the type of files that I was using in this case is 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 adequate. I probably could could use a little bit more speed, but for a test, I didn't want to have to unplug all my eSATA drives and plug them into the PC and and use special software to make the PC be able to read the Mac files. That was that was too much trouble. I didn't want to go through that. I just wanted to see how well it worked, um, and it worked really well. I was actually awesome. really, I was actually I was actually really surprised at how fast, much faster and smoother it was, even over that Ethernet connection. Yeah, I think you were mentioning on the you know uh, or over the, the the last podcast that it you know it, you still need to do some tests, but it was looking pretty good. When we last talked, um, either last episode or the episode before, um, I was just uh, doing this test, which I'm talking about now. Then I decided to put it through a stress test. It really it was a very simple project that I created. I, I essentially took an AVCHD type file, a very long recording. It was actually a recording I did for a documentary about uh, the, one of the grandmasters of the, the Gay Pride Parade, which happened in San Francisco. And I was asked to do some shooting for that, which was a really nice um, privilege to do that. So I was actually in the middle of Market Street shooting the parade. It was, right. It was right. wild. And, and again, we won't be asking you what your outfit was. <laughs> but, <laughs> but go on. <laughs> so, and so it was like three hours of, of footage that I shot. It was three hours of this FS100 AVCHD footage. So it was, it was, it was a lot. And so I thought it would be a really good test. So I imported that into actually the, the PC version of Premiere Pro. And even, even though the media itself I had actually loaded onto my Mac, but I was able to connect to it through the network and, and load it into that um, Premiere Pro project. 
And then I decided to just take that, just to essentially assembly edit, just all the clips butted together uh, into one long uh, output file. And I was going to output it for uh, something that I could play on an iPad or Apple TV, uh, typically a 720p format with H.264 uh, compression, which is pretty standard. It's, it's the kind of thing that you would use to upload to Vimeo or YouTube. It's a nice, nice looking yet compact format. Right. But it does take a lot of computer power. And I think on my Mac Pro, it would have taken, I don't even know, I didn't do the same project on the Mac Pro, but I would, I would assume that it would have taken several hours to do it, at least, right. at least no faster than real time. So a three-hour clip, it would take three hours, and it probably would take longer, because it would have right. to rescale it, because it's 1080p footage, and so, it, it would, so part of the, the time is taken in scaling it to, uh, it to 720p scaling it down and then also turning it into ABC, another form of H.264. So I was, you know, I was pretty happy. I, was, I just set it to run. I thought, oh, this is just going to handle this like butter. Right. And, uh, of which you should, given the, uh, the specs that you gave us the last time. Right. So I set it going and then I left. And I was going to look at the logs in uh, the Adobe. Adobe uses this uh, companion um, app called Adobe Media Encoder. And it essentially does the same thing that Adobe Premiere does when you're actually exporting files. It exports to all kinds of different formats. Um, but it's a separate app, so you can actually use that app at the same time that you're using Premiere. And it's actually a pretty good combination. So you can kind of queue up jobs, and then those jobs go to Adobe Media Encoder to then be uh, turned into whatever you decided to do it, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you decided to turn those files into. So I, I sent it off to Adobe Media Encoder and... I think I came back about an hour later, and Adobe Media Encoder had some type of unrecoverable error. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so here you are. You're 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 strolling into the into the office, and you're hoping to see successfully completed, and so on and so forth. And instead, unrecoverable error. <laughs> right. And then there was a nice message from Windows saying, uh, "Adobe Media Encoder seems to have stopped working." Would you like us to investigate it? (laughs) (laughs) So, no, I didn't really want you to investigate it. So I just kind of hit skip. And I decided to just export it directly from Premiere Pro. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you can do the same thing. It's just that it ties up Premiere Pro. But I wasn't going to do any editing on it. And I just wanted to see how fast it would go. So I set set it going. And I don't think it ever actually completed the encode. I came back the next... I think I went to sleep and I came back and it was still, it was still going. Um, so that was that didn't work. That didn't work as well as I thought it would. And I don't know exactly what went wrong. Maybe because I was going over the network, it didn't. It got a little confused, or maybe this type of thing doesn't work. I was doing everything over the network. Not only was I pulling the files over the network, uh-huh. but I was also uh, pushing that output export file back over so that it would, would reside on my Mac Pro. So it could have bottlenecked. It could have bottlenecked, but it doesn't. You know, it it should not have just frozen. It right. It essentially froze, and I didn't really analyze it to see if there's any kind of network activity. And when I looked on my Mac, I have a network monitor on my Mac. It wasn't really showing any network activity, so it seemed like it just it stopped. So that's that wasn't a good sign. So I said, okay, well, I'm just going to restart the computer. So I decided to just. You know, go to the the Windows menu, and you can choose. Just like a Mac, you can choose to re- shut down or restart. So I chose to restart, and I so so it started. It goes to this kind of blank screen where this kind of spinning wheel that 
says restarting. Right. And uh, it just stayed there forever. It stayed there for well, like, I, I like give it some time. Okay, you know, maybe it's trying to up, do some updates or do some whatever. And it just stayed on that restarting thing for hours. And that, <laughs> I didn't think that was normal. It, it, was, it, it was the twirling hourglass, was it not? Um, they've changed it. I think that they oh. found that the hourglass was was um, like a downer. <laughs> <laughs> so they just they copied the Mac and made it some kind of spinning disc. Oh, okay. So uh, the spinning disc was there, and it was it was still kind of a downer. <laughs> seeing it there, for- <laughs> right. no, no matter what icon they choose, it's still a downer. Yeah. So I, you know, I really had no choice. I mean, this happens on the Mac occasionally too. You just have this freeze, and you can't. There's nothing you can do to – you just have to do a hard restart. So there's a button on the front of the PC to do a hard restart, and I just pressed it and did a hard restart. Right. And it, did, it started up, and everything started up fine. And, uh, but then I just continued to have problems with it. It just – things would not work. Things would stop working or, or things – especially the shutdown uh, would never shut down. So I decided, okay. I have a couple choices. I can, you know, try to repair this drive. There were two drives in it. One was an SSD, and that was the one I was operating off of. And then there was a, another fast uh, spinning disk type drive, right? Like um, a seventy-two hundred, yeah, seventy-two hundred, like one terabyte drive. And I said, okay, I'm just going inst- to. I have a bunch of Windows installed disks from other other things I do. So I, I have a Windows seven sixty-four bit. So I decided to install that on the on the second. Oh, you know, no, no. What I decided to do is I took the the cyber PC disk, the the master disk they give you, and I tried to use that to install onto the C, the D drive, the the internal other internal drive, the terabyte drive, right? And it was just it was you know it was it's just kind of friendly and nice at first, and it seemed really easy, and then it just totally got bogged down and totally, it just got into this almost like a loop where it said I can't install it on this disk. I'm sorry. Would you like me to go to Microsoft and try to find stuff to install it? And then I would ask it to find it, and it never found it. And it said, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And it just, <laughs> so and, with this, and just this, left you at that. Yeah. <laughs> would you like to restart and try it again? So I did this a few times. You know, I'm like wasting hours right. doing this. <laughs> right. you, you could have spent those hours on the Mac doing that. I could have done that on the Mac. Right. <laughs> so... It would have been more pleasant. <laughs> At least you would have non- known where to go. Yes. So, um, but my feeling is maybe the disc they gave me wasn't complete or there's something wrong with it. Um, it should, part of, you know, I have the ability to do troubleshooting. I'm pretty technical. Part of this whole experiment was to see how lame I could be and non-technical and still get by. Right. So I just kind of pretended to be kind of a novice. Right. You know, especially because I'm probably going to have other people using this machine, and if something goes wrong, so I want to see how easy Windows Seven is, how foolproof it is. You know, there, it's been touted as this. You know, it's really good now. Everybody that all these Windows users are saying Windows Seven is really good. You should right. try it. Right. So, and I do use Windows Seven for, in very simple ways. For example, I have it installed on for, uh, VMware Fusion on my Mac, and it works great. Never have any problems with it. Right. Um, I think maybe it's because it's running on a Mac and it's a very limited set of uh, hardware configuration that it, they've they've really tailored it. Their their virtual hardware that they're faking out in, inside of VMware is very tailored to work very well with whatever version of uh, Windows you have. But 
when you get into this kind of strange set of hardware, you know, weird motherboard, processor, you know, all the different things that can be combined together to make a PC, which doesn't really happen in the Mac world. In the Mac world, you know, Apple spends lots of resources in getting that that hardware to work with that software. Uh, that's what makes a Mac special. Well, in the PC world, especially when you're buying kind of a no-name PC, you know, they just throw stuff together. And maybe there's some incompatibility. I, I don't really know. But um, anyway, I did wind up installing another version of Windows uh, from my own disks onto the second drive eventually. I, I, I pretty much could not use the install uh, installer Windows that they gave me. I had to use my own. (laughs) (laughs) So I got that working and I got premier installed and, and I still, and then I started having the same problem. It just wouldn't shut down and I had to do the hard restarts. And so I never, I mean, I got to the point where I was kind of editing and trying things out a little bit. And I got to the point where I realized that even if the thing was working perfectly, like I didn't have these shutdown problems, um, it was still going to be a huge pain for me to use Windows. Yes. Especially if I was also using the Mac at the same time. I, I, I almost felt like if I was going to switch to use Win- Premier Windows, I was going to have to switch my whole computing life to Windows. Oh, you, you, you really came to that conclusion, huh? I, I'm starting to feel that way. I'm still going to give... I, I, so what I returned the... Uh, as I said, I returned the what I think is a defective PC. I think maybe there's something wrong with the hardware. And I got a new one. I haven't opened the box yet. But I'm going to give it another chance. But even when the thing was working and I was just... For example, uh, I uh, want to start a project on my Mac, right? So I had a complex project that I used in the Mac version of Premiere. Right. And I uh, opened that up in the Windows version of Premiere. And it actually looks exactly the same. That part is really cool. Um, it looks exactly the same, and you can even use the Final Cut 7 keyboard shortcuts if you want and and stuff like that. And so that part of it is is awesome. The fact that Adobe has gone to the trouble of, of making them virtually the same. Like when you're in the, the CS5 or 6 product, it looks like the same product that's on the Mac. So there's no, if you're experienced at it, no learning curve at all. Um, you know, the only the biggest learning curve is just that the f- the control, the command key on the Mac right. is usually the control key on Windows. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's actually kind of a pain. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> <That> is. <laughs> um, I, I, think, I think the location of the command key is actually a better location than the control key, honestly. Yeah. You know, I think that the fact that it's kind of close to the space bar is actually more convenient than having having it moved over a few. Right. And I know this is a historical thing, and I know that's probably Mac caused the Apple caused this by creating this new key that didn't exist before. Right. Um, and Windows just kept on with the DOS PC keyboard. But regardless of that, my current opinion is I like the command key where it is. And I was trying to figure out if if I did do the PC, I might figure out a way to turn that key that's next to the space bar into the control key as well, so that I wouldn't have to fumble all the time. Right. With it. But anyway, so the problem with that, though, is that all my special keyboard shortcuts that I'd set up in my Mac side, right. even when I imported them into Premiere, they didn't work because I didn't understand what the command key was. Oh, okay. Oh, so, so that was worthless then? That part was worthless. Luckily, I don't have a ton of them, so I just kind of had to recode them to use the control key instead of the command key. Uh, that wasn't 
too hard. Um, also, I like to use uh, my mouse. I have a special um, thing that works on my my um, Mac. It's called USB Overdrive, and it basically intercepts all the mouse controls, like the different buttons and the wheels and the click wheels. And then I can map that to certain function keys for certain programs. And it really speeds up my editing because I can do a bunch of scrolling and zooming with just the mouse instead of using the user interface and, and mousing around. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, it really accelerates my, um, my editing. So I tried to get that same type of thing on the PC. And honestly, you know, you'd figure there'd be three billion things on the PC. It's such a popular platform, right? Right. It was really hard to find something that actually worked <laughs> on Windows 7 to do the same thing. Now, maybe it's just because I'm, I'm a newbie, and maybe there's something that people know about that works really well. But I, the only thing I could find that worked the way I wanted it to was something called X-Mouse. Hmm. And so I installed that, and that worked. Once I got it working, it worked pretty well. Um, but then it stopped working. It stopped launching after a while. <laughs> so, And the Logitech stuff that's supposed to work with the mouse is just worthless. You know, I downloaded that from the... From the Logitech website, that stuff is worthless. It, so I don't know it, how, and it didn't do anything for you. It it had just like two, like you could swap the buttons. You know, I want to make the right button the left button, and, and I don't know, <laughs> like who writes this stuff. <laughs> but I mean, Logitech. It's you'd figure Logitech sells a lot more mice with with uh, PCs than Mac. Correct. Right? Yeah, you would think so. <clears throat> well, anyway, so. There were things like that. These are minor annoyances when you switch platforms. I'm, I don't, I don't mean to kvetch so much about this. Right, and that's that's fairly minor. I'm sure I could overcome that with a little bit of perseverance. <clears throat> the thing that was hard was was using the projects that that I'd created you know, on the Mac, on the PC, because I was <clears throat> using network uh, drives. And so what I wound up doing to make the network connection reliable, I mapped the network drive to a drive letter. On, on the PC. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. You assigned so it a this, letter. I signed it a letter. And it was and it was the only way that I could make the uh, network connection stable. I think it might be because the Mac SMB isn't that great. I'm not really sure whose fault it is. But um, like when I went to the to do the browsing of the network directly, I would get errors. Like the Windows would say, could not connect. You're not authorized. There was an error. It would just give me these different errors. And so... But occasionally it would work, like randomly it would work. So the time, so when it did actually work, and I was able to open that that drive, that network drive, then I immediately map it to a letter, <laughs> like it was a grenade about to go off yeah. or something yeah. like that. You just immediately mapping things. I just gotta map it, gotta map it before it stops working. So, and I know that's the way you love working. You love to work like that. Anyway, so finally I had this pretty stable network set up. And, um, but the problem is when you have these drive letters, the Premiere Pro project file that's created on the Mac, it, it's got Mac paths inside to all that media. Right. And so the PC doesn't understand those Mac paths. So it's continually asking you for files. It's continually asking, where is this file? And where, when you open a project that's created on the Mac... The Windows Premiere will say, where is this file? 
So it, then, it, and, like, you know, in the PC world, a, a lot of that happens too. Like if you switch to like an external hard drive or something like that, right? Or you put in a new hard drive, it, it's it's asking for, and, and you move locations, it asks you, you know, where, where is this file that, that, was, that was there before? So with this thing, uh, I, I guess what you're trying to do is you're trying to, you're, you're having to remap every single thing that you want to do. Yeah, well, the project can have hundreds of clips, hundreds of different little files in it. Right. Oh, maybe all even, scattered all over the place, and it's just yeah. impossible to map all that stuff. Maybe maybe thousands. <laughs> it, I mean, really, you could have thousands of little pieces of media right. if it's a big project. Right. So doing it that way would be impossible. <laughs> it, would, it would literally, it would take so long to start... <laughs> Start on the Mac and then go to the PC. That you, it wouldn't be worth it, right? For all the time that you saved uh, editing on the PC, right. right? So you'd have to start the project on the PC and end it on the PC, or start it on the Mac and end it on the Mac, right? However, before <laughs> before my first PC kind of bit the dust, right? Um, <clears throat> I was about to invent a new way to do this because I just out of sheer desperation i actually opened a premiere profile in a text editor okay and it's xml it's text <laughs> it's it's just like text that describes the whole project including the paths to the media like it has xml that says media this clip is and this is the location oh really yeah oh. yeah i was actually really pleased about that so theoretically i could just find all the locations you know for example say i have a particular name for a for a mac drive well, I would just do a search and replace the Mac drive to the drive letter and, and, the, and the Windows path right. for that particular drive. And then I think it would start working. Right. So well, I think the next step is when I get my new PC up and running, I'm going to experiment with that and see how easy that is to do. Because if it's that easy, it could be just a search and replace for four or five drives. Four or five strings are replaced throughout a document. Right. It could actually be awesome. Okay. And I could even write a little app that could translate when you go back and forth. So I think it's possible that um, maybe it'll work if that actually works, but if that doesn't work, forget it. Really? If that doesn't work, there's no, there's no way I would have to just do all the projects on the PC. Well, and, and that, that's so and that's actually obvious. okay for, I think if you're just like going into your office, you're like an editor and you're going into your office and you sit down at this workstation, do your work, for eight hours or whatever, and then you go home. Right. And that's cool. I think for, that you could use a Mac or a PC. And why not use a PC if it's faster? Right. But if the if the computer that you're using is kind of a part of your digital life, you, you're not just doing editing on it. You're doing other stuff, like you're doing media creation or, or music creation, or do you, even doing a podcast like this. Doing a podcast like this in GarageBand, for example. And then having to use that and maybe putting some of that into the Premiere project. So some, you started on the Mac because you're familiar with the Mac and you have the tools and all the software on the Mac, and then you decide you want to use a little bit of it into this Premiere Pro project. It's a pain. Right. It, to go back and forth. So I, you know, it's, I think it has to be kind of an all or nothing thing. And for me, not 100% of my computer environment is, is editing. You know, when I'm at a computer, I run like 20 different t programs, sometimes all at the same time, doing different things, multitasking and doing one thing, like doing email and doing 
database and then doing a web search and then doing music creation or sound effects or whatever, uh, editing, image creation, uh, desktop publishing, layouts, things like that. All those things simultaneously on one computer and one platform and being able to switch among them very seamlessly and even use the same media between all those different apps very seamlessly on the Mac. You could probably do the same thing on the Windows, but you'd have to be all Windows. Right, right. Uh, to me, it sounds of that the moral of the story is whatever you do, if you're thinking about switching platforms, whether you're going from PC to Mac or vice versa, don't do it mid-project. <laughs> just don't do it mid-project. I mean, you could do it, but just prepare that you're going to pretty much be starting from scratch from 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 day one. So if you've got upcoming projects and you're in a certain platform, don't do anything. Just stay there. Yeah, that that is definitely a very good rule. <laughs> and and there's all the rules that are similar, like don't upgrade your OS in the middle of the project. <laughs> don't upgrade your application in the middle of the project. <laughs> right. Get get everything finalized first, then you can do stuff. Right. And that was actually one of the big, the big um, issues with transitioning from Final Cut Seven to Premiere Pro. I had to find a breaking point. I had to find because I was still doing projects on Final Cut Seven, and then when I decided I wanted to try out Premiere Pro, I had to, I had to be very judicious about which projects I would experiment with. And it's going to be kind of like that if I do this PC thing, right? So I can't I can't start in a really really important project on the PC. Because I'm not sure if it'll, I'll be successful with it. Right. So, so, so really, at this point, your confidence level with your with your PC experience thus far has has not been great. It's it's uh, uh, it's actually taken a step back a little bit. You're still willing to give it a try, but uh, you're you're still a little leery right now. I'm a little bit leery. I I'm really I really do have a feeling that it's it's going to be a lot faster than my current Mac pro experience. And that part is cool because right now when I edit a certain type of highly compressed files in premiere on my Mac pro, it's, it's kind of like molasses. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> and it's like walking, you know, through quicksand or, or you, know, you just can't go. You really want to go, but you can't. Right. Right. And, uh, it seemed like that five minutes that I was able to, <laughs> Use the Windows version of Premiere. <laughs> that was that, a great five, experience. Those were those were great. A great five minutes. <laughs> Too bad it took you three hours to repack that monstrosity. It's like packing a refrigerator back to send off through the mail. Uh, yeah. What What was that like to to pack that that machine number one back up and have to? Did you Did you walk it down to the or did you roll it down the hill? To get to the post office, <laughs> what'd you do? Put it on a skateboard? What 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 would you do? <laughs> no, I mean it's it's actually not it's mostly just empty space. Right. And and so it wasn't I think it weighs it probably weighs about fifty pounds. Yeah. Um so I just removed the card, put the original card back in and packed it in the box. It took about half an hour to do. It wasn't that big of it. And then and then Amazon actually sent the UPS guy to me. Oh, that's good. So he he came down. He wasn't. He didn't look very happy. Yeah. So. <laughs> and uh, and then my dog was going nuts. And I was well. Well, the good news. The good news is that you have the new machine in your hot little hand right now. 
what is different about the new machine versus the uh, machine number one? Well, the new machine is actually just a, an exact replacement. It's the same model. It's the same model. You're, you're just thinking that it was a hardware issue of some sort and, and seeing if this new one will, will do the trick. I'm hoping that there was something wrong with that particular machine. And I will just do the same thing I did last time. I don't think I'm going to try to reinstall an OS. I'm going to try to just use the OS that's there and see how well it works. But honestly, you should be able to put a card in and install drivers and it should just work. It's not, I wasn't putting anything weird on it. I was just putting on the CS 5.5 suite and this little mouse driver and the drivers for the video cards. I wasn't, I wasn't really doing anything really tricked out or special, you know? No, and, and those are very, very, you know, in, in, in this game, uh, a, a very basic upgrade. You know, I mean, a lot of a lot of these gamers want to put in better video cards, better, you know, better graphics cards, want to improve some of their memory. And, uh, you know, I mean, and for you, all, the only thing that was on there was the OS and the in Premiere Pro. Right. I mean, that's all you had on there. Pretty much. Yeah. And the video drivers. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think this this company that makes this card probably installs some other weird stuff to make things trick out. Um, and maybe there was some interaction with that stuff and maybe that's not a good idea, but you know, it, I would think that standard stuff should just work on it. So we'll see. So I'm just going to try it again. When I have some time, I have a really important project in the next week or so that I have to finish. So I don't think I'm going to do a whole lot of, uh, experimenting with a PC then because I wasted so much time during a crunch time in the last two weeks. I probably spent like three total days trying to figure out what was going wrong with the PC. Wow. And I just can't afford to, to mess with it. I really actually, I'm also considering just getting a, even though the Mac Pros weren't really upgraded, um, the Mac Pro that I have is still two years older than the most modern Mac Pros. Right. And, and at that, the most modern Mac Pros have a 12-core hyper-threading type processor in them. Right. And mine only has an 8-core single-threading processor. So I could be jumping from a, from a performance of an eight core to a performance of a uh, 24 core. Right. But didn't we discuss the last time over the last podcast that it would kind of mean just about a 25 to 50% difference in speed. That's if I go to the six core. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Right. But there's the 12 core, which is like a dual version of the six core. Okay. And, uh, of course, it's a lot more expensive. It's like $2,000 more. Right. So, but they have refurbished 12 cores. Which I completely uh, endorse 100%. And, right. uh, uh, and, and, you know, it's making me think more, is, especially through some of our podcasting trials, that, uh, that the, the refurb is not the issue, but it is some other underlying issues of which we will talk about it in a different segment but nonetheless uh, you're talking about all the issues we're having doing our podcast recording that is correct exactly exactly <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh but anyway uh so uh with this upcoming project that you have to do i'm gonna guess there's a time crunch on it and so are you just going to use the end up using the mac for for this project you're going to finish it and then start something new with the new PC. Right. I'm going to use, I'm going to use the Mac. And I think what I might wind up doing is to transcode the material that I think I'm going to use 
in from AVC HD because a lot of the acquisition I did was an AVC HD camcorders. Right. And I'm going to transcode that to ProRes. So it's going to blow up those files like five times as big as they currently are. But it'll make the editing uh, experience a lot smoother and quicker. Um, just because the computer doesn't have to work to decode the AVC HD files. ProRes is a very lightly compressed format. Um, and I think I did that with the last pro- crunch project I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think I'm just going to do that again. And I really don't want to do that because, it's, in my opinion, it's wasteful. You know, you're supposed to be able to use the original files and edit with those original files. And I really love that concept. Right. And But you had to, you had to transcode with Final Cut 7 because Final Cut 7 really was really old, an old design. Right. And based on old uh, technology. But with Premiere Pro, you're supposed to be able to edit natively. And I think you can. You just have to have enough computer power. Now, the thing is, the thing that's so attractive to me, getting back to the, maybe I'll upgrade my Mac to a, two-year-old Mac instead of a four-year-old Mac um, <laughs> is it's other than that initial cost, you know, the kind of that shock, right. the sticker shock. Right. It's just like a smooth transition for me. I don't have to do any kind of learning curve. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to change my software. All my software will continue to work. Everything that I'm doing now will work. It'd just be faster. And, 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 potentially, and, that's, and that's very, very attractive. It is. So, you know, the $2,000, because even getting a high-end PC, like if I wanted to get this, uh, you know, they're not cheap. You know, they're, they're, even the powerful ones, they're still 3500 bucks. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd wind up spending about 3500 bucks on this new PC. Right. So if I get the maxed out 12-core refurbished one, I might spend about about 6000 Yeah. So, so for $2,500, but for all that less aggravation... And maybe having a usable system right. that could take me another year or two until uh, they, they come out with the next Mac Pro, if they ever do. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my theory, is that ne- the next Mac Pro is going to be a Mac Mini with like three Thunderbolt ports. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, we'll talk and, about that next and time. <laughs> that'll be in our rumors section, ladies and gentlemen. But <laughs> It's the new Mac Pro. It only weighs three pounds. <laughs> Look, it's in this new Apple TV case. <laughs> it's a Mac Pro. No, it's an Apple TV. <laughs> Look at this iPod. Psych. It's actually the new Mac Pro. <laughs> so, Keith, what do you think the um, next steps are for you in the world of PC? I mean, like, you know, what's going to be your threshold? Are you going to, you know, uh, what's the thing that's going to make you send it back? To Amazon. Okay, so the first thing is, I if I can't do this uh, linking hack where I can m- mangle the XML and the Premiere <laughs> profiles. You mean the search and replace thing? Yeah, the search and replace of the paths. If, if I can't do that, it's going back. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then if it, if that works, uh, but then I experience other issues like, you know, instability. Or that network thing, that network problem that you were talking about? Yeah, right now I'm using gigabit Ethernet, which is a tops out at about 70 megabytes per second, and that's on a good day. Um, there is a way of actually combining two Ethernet ports. So the Mac Pro actually has two Ethernet ports in it. Uh, usually you just use one, but you can use both at the same time, and there's even a way to link them together and actually get double the speed. 
So you can actually have two Ethernet cables plugged into the each of those ports, and then you go into a software setting on the Mac, and you say, I want to link, it's called a link aggregation. And you say, I want to link those two ports. And then you have to go into a switch, an Ethernet switch that understands linking. And then you have to have on the PC side or whatever other computers you have, those have to understand uh, linking and have two Ethernet, uh, gigabit Ethernet outputs going into the switch. And then you can actually double the Ethernet speed. So you can get 150 megabytes a second. Oh, wow. 140. Well, that's pretty neat. Yeah. So now I know that probably the Mac side will be pretty easy, but I'm, <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion that getting it to work on the PC will be like, like dental surgery and <laughs> and it, it will wind up in the UPS guy coming. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, you know, I, I encourage you to maybe set up a satellite office of UPS uh, at your driveway, you know, like a lemonade stand and just have somebody manning it for shipping purposes because I'm sure they're constantly at your house. Huh? <laughs> well that's great that that's that that is beautiful so we were talking we were just talking offline a little bit about um you know what the the next mac pro might be right yeah so people were really pissed off that first of all there hadn't been a new mac pro in 600 days <laughs> and they were like there's sites that were counting down the days Right, and um, of course they were hoping for that uh, for that last uh, that last uh, Mac show, right? What what, what was that? The W what, what was w, that thing? WWDC Worldwide Developers Conference, right? Where they announced the the new Airs and the new MacBook Pros and stuff like that, but they hardly did anything to to the to the tower computers. Yeah, they basically, and it was it was really disappointing because it really seemed like they were going to come out with something new because. There were advanced reports of replacement part numbers, and and those were actually true. But the replacement computers were very almost the same as the <laughs> previous computers, <laughs> so there wasn't really an upgrade. Right, <laughs> um, and they didn't really change the prices much. They did reduce the price of one of them, but um, yeah. So, but then what happened was there was such a. I think that even got into the Apple exec team, and I and I and a few days later. Tim Cook, who's now the CEO of Apple, uh, supposedly sent an email to somebody saying, don't worry, uh, we're going to be coming out with a new Mac Pro, and you'll be really amazed by it or something like that. Right. And this is, it's kind of like, um, you know how when you, you see movies like ancient archaeologists will find this cryptic message that's been buried for thousands of years, and they have all these... Right, these people trying to de- decrypt and, and find the inner meaning of it. Right, um, because it is kind of cryptic. Well, this email from Tim Cook was pretty cryptic, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of pundits and rumor sites have tried to decode what he actually meant. It's like Mayan writing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so. Uh, yeah. So some people say no. He didn't actually say there would be a new Mac Pro. He said that you'd be really happy with the next thing. <laughs> And so I was think I was just saying, and I said this a little while ago that maybe the new new next Mac Pro is going to be like a Mac Mini with extra Thunderbolt. <laughs> <laughs> the new Mac Pro with extra Thunderbolt right. and sixty times smaller. <laughs> right. Add as many hard drives as you want. You just got to pay for them. <laughs> 
But, you know, that's possible. It's yeah. possible that, that they're going, I, I hope not. And it actually isn't practical, right? We were talking about that. Right. right. It's just, you need to be able to add lots of memory and lots of cards and well, extra hard drives and other stuff inside the computer. Well, that, that, and that was the, I mean, I remember from years back when, uh, when these Mac pros came out on the market, I mean, it was, you know, because Mac has always been a pretty much an all in one, right? I mean, when it first came out, it was all about being the all in one solution, total personal computer type of thing. And, and pretty closed. Right, exactly. Where you can where you can do anything, and and when these towers came out, whoa, they're they're going to be like PCs now. But I think that that's what the power users like yourself want from a, from a machine like that. You want to be able to add stuff like that. You you want to, and you have to. Yeah. You you really can't. Well, not not necessarily true. It's possible that you could have an iMac like computer that could be powerful enough to do the kind of editing and, and stuff that well, I need well, to like, do. Well, like for me, my iMac is perfectly terrific. It's working great, you know, and, you know, I just did, I forgot to share this with you. I did a great little uh, uh, birthday party video edit and it just turned out spectacular. I got rave, I got rave reviews using just iMovie on the thing, right? Oh wow! And it was you know I incorporated like uh, actual stills along with video, uh, you know, music and all this kind of stuff, and and all the nice transitions, and it just was fantastic. What a great experience it was! And f so, like for me, the iMac works out fine, right? That that works out good. But when you're trying to do you know, 4K, 120, 150 frames per second, slow-mo type of stuff. You know, I think my iMac would probably be able to fry an egg after it tried to do stuff like that. It'd be so odd. Yeah, you'd have to call the UPS guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. He'd be mad at you instead of right. me. <laughs> exactly. But you're right. I mean, it's all about, you know, what what you know, what you're using it for and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And the thing though, is that honestly, you know, from a business point of view, it's a pretty small market, you know, especially at the condition that Apple is in now, which is just this gigantic company that's making most of its money off of the iOS devices. Right. So to cater to this kind of high maintenance, low profit area is not necessarily the best business decision. Right. It would almost be like a sentimental decision, or or some like a marketing decision that well they want to they want to still preserve the pro market because they have some influence on on purchases of other computers, which is true. Um, but maybe they don't even need that. I mean, do they really need to come out with a new Mac Pro? the The survival of of Apple does not depend on a new Mac Pro. Well, I'll, you know, and I'll tell you this, you know, I, I do have a regular daytime job. And at my particular job, they offer, you know, whether or not you want to go, you know, with, with, a, with a Windows machine or a Mac. And, you know, of course, everyone who goes with a Mac, you know, they're, they're not getting towers or desktops or even iMacs. They're all getting MacBook Pros, you know, uh, uh, Mac Airs or whatever it is. Everything's small. Everything portable. Uh, you know, I I think you're right. I don't think there's any money 
I don't think there's any great return for them constructing these humongous things that, you know, most companies would lease, right? They would lease these things most likely, not not exactly buy them. And uh, there's just not enough demand for it. Everyone wants small. Yeah, there certainly isn't. It's a very small market. Um, I guess the issue is, is it still worth a little bit of the Apple pie, the Apple resources to come out with a Mac Pro? Really just in terms of loyalty. I mean, I, 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 you know, I would think, I would think that, okay, though, um, you know, maybe in regular office work or something like that, you know, a, a, a Mac Pro maybe is, is not the greatest thing, but boy, oh boy, there sure are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of media generation right now. There's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, recording, whether it be video, audio or stuff like that. Uh, you know, are they finding those great results using using these laptops, or do they really need a Mac Pro tower? You know, you probably don't. You could probably get by without a Mac Pro for almost anything mm-hmm. if you want to go through the work and you want to waste a little bit of time. You know, for example, this transcoding thing that I talked about. It's really time consuming and it wastes space. Mm-hmm. But if you do that, then you could use a MacBook Pro. You don't even need to use a Mac Pro. You could use an iMac uh, or even not not a very powerful MacBook Pro. And now they came out with this new Retina MacBook Pro, which is awesome, really fast. Right. Um, I, you know, I think they're really trying to push push the future and and change how we view the future. And, you know, in the future, if you look at movies and, you know, everything is like little things, little devices and... And things that people carry around, personal things that they can take with them. You know, an iPhone is like a, an extreme example of that. And that's now. I mean, I would, I guess I would love to have, to be able to have a computer that could be as powerful and do all the things that I want that a Mac Pro currently does in a small form factor. I'd love for my, my MacBook Pro to be able to be powerful enough to do all the stuff that my Mac Pro does. Mm-hmm. I, if, if it could actually do that, I don't think I would need a Mac Pro. You know, mm-hmm. but but it's we're not quite at that stage yet. Well, how far off are those new MacBook Pros? How far off are are, are we from from doing what you think you you're, you're going to need? I think it's probably about three years away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe that maybe maybe Apple's willing to to jettison a bunch of pro editors for three years until they're they're comfortable with editing on a. And on on a speedy speedier MacBook Pro mm-hmm. or a speedier iMac, right, right, and and then for the really important jobs where they need huge rendering farms and all that stuff, they're just going to go to a PC or Linux or Windows, something that you know it's a really small market and it's really specialized and it's just a it's 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 not a consumer space, and maybe Apple's just willing to give that up, whereas before they weren't. Wow, they wanted that space too. Wow, boy, oh boy! Do you remember a few years ago when and this was maybe before the even the Intel uh, Mac Pros were out? They would they would come out with a new G. They were called the G five. Oh yeah, then. oh yeah, absolutely. The same, they looked exactly the same as the current Mac Pros, the kind of cheese grater aluminum. Mm-hmm. Um, and they advert when it came out, they were really proud of it, and they advertised it as the world's fastest personal computer. Right. And they said it was a supercomputer. 
they had some pride in that. Right. Like that was really important to them. Right. I don't know how big of a market it was for them. Like percentage wise, it was it, you know, 5% or, or 10%, but it was probably still a pretty small percentage of their market. Mm-hmm. But they felt like it was important enough for them to advertise it and market it as they, they just came out with the fastest personal computer that's out there. Well, I don't, they haven't advertised like that for quite some time. Yeah. I don't think that, I don't think they've, I think the last time that they advertised like that was maybe four years ago when they came out with the Intel, the faster Intel um, Mac Pros. So the last, the last time they did that, they said the, the first 64 bit computer. And that was the, uh, I think my model of, of uh, Mac Pro. And, um, but they haven't really done that since. They haven't really come out with a new Mac Pro and said, this is the fastest thing ever. Yeah. They just, the last set they released, it was actually a pretty, pretty good release, the last one two years ago. But now it's been like over two years since then, and they haven't, they haven't done that. So I don't know if that's part of their DNA anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's so obvious that the, that the climate has changed and they're moving to the smaller, you know, prettier, more compact thing. You know, that's, that's where all their, their, you know, uh, eggs in the baskets are going, all, all, all the things that people get to tote around. And, uh, yeah. you know, and a Mac uh, Pro tower is not exactly something you're going to tote around. <laughs> no. <laughs> even, if, even if you're the UPS guy, right. you're not going to exactly. tote that around. That, that poor guy, I think you ought to buy him a box of candy or something like that. that poor guy. Actually, that's a really good idea. Get, I think get, I might do that. Get, get him a weight belt or something. I don't know. <laughs> boy, oh boy. <laughs> here's some more weight. <laughs> here's, a, here's a box of rocks. <laughs> I need to ship these rocks. I have some wonderful flagstone here. Oh, boy. Well, that is uh that is some stunning news. Stunning news. I don't know uh uh I I really can't wait for you to unbox the new PC and find some time to to give that a try cuz I think that that will be uh, I mean that'll be exciting. But at the same time you're you're absolutely right. I mean, if you just got yourself, you know, the the most powerful Mac Pro that that's that's out right now, even though it's two years old, man, that would just be uh, that would just be seamless for you. It's just like almost unplugging your power cable, plugging it into the new one, and just going. Yeah, pretty much. I could probably even use the same drives I have now and the same PCI cards, right. and and just yeah, it would probably be very seamless. Right. And so you'd just be investing in the new box, and then that'd be it. Everything else would be the same. Yeah. So it's 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 looking a little bit more attractive now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh keep us posted on that. That's uh that's very interesting. I I I I'm sorry to hear that the 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 first part of the transition didn't go so well, but uh I know that we're uh, all interested in hearing your woes and uh we're also uh interested in hearing the successes. So uh keep us posted on that and uh we will let you know more about Keith's PC plight in upcoming episodes. Uh, and also we'll be updating you on the UPS guy's mood. 
<laughs> He'll be meddling in the uh, in the 125 pound weight class. So, um, anyway, okay. Well, hey, thanks, Keith. Uh, thank you very much for that update. Thanks a lot, Keith. Thank you very much uh, to everyone, and we will see you on the next episode of Tech Move.